screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Crimson Crackers podcast. Um, this week, we're coming with you with a special edition of our show. It is the official 2022 college football preview. And, um, well, next week is going to be, of course, the NFL preview, because everyone in Alabama cares more about that than <laughs> and what happens on the uh, college level. But uh, we just want to inform you all about, about everything that's going to happen this season. And, you know, it's going to be a little different of a show, but it's something that I'm really excited for. And uh, college football is the shit. So um, I'm excited. So Phil Steele, get out of the way with your stupid magazine because we're taking over. Yeah, this is our uh, our Power 5 preview. we got all the major Power 5 conferences. And uh, we even have our playoff uh predictions yeah we're gonna be the first ever people to uh you know try to predict college football yeah (laughs) we're breaking the game um (laughs) but uh even though we're pretty biased towards alabama we're gonna try to look towards all these all these teams and conferences from a non-biased level which you know this episode for a lot of y'all might not be as entertaining as as uh as usual with all our uh all our segments but this is something that that needs to happen. It's like church. So, yep. <laughs> um, and really, all like this is just a bunch of predictions. We don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, if you look back at 2019, nobody expected LSU to, you know, have pretty much have the best offense and team to ever be assembled. Yeah, really. So who knows? I mean, Northwestern might come out with a uh, Pat Fitzgerald and dominate. Yeah, by just running, running the ball every play. Fullback. <laughs> Fullback dive every play. Okay, well, anyways, we're going to start from uh, the least best conference to the worst best conference. The least – the the wor- we're going to start from the worst conference to the best conference. So, we're going to start with the SEC. <laughs> the garbage dump fire of, of college football. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I mean, this is where a lot of our intel and uh, – you know connections to college football are of course it's it's um it's really the the capital of college football everything that happens within this conference leads to a impact on who's going to win the national championship and i think it's not going to be any different this year correct so starting off with the sec um the overall perspective for me is uh i have a feeling like the east will have more teams in condition contention than the west will i feel like the west will probably just you know pretty much devour itself well the other teams will just devour themselves and the east will have probably more more of a chance to uh to go to atlanta yeah i think the east is going to be pretty good based off a of quarterback play and the fact that georgia is losing a lot from that historic defense uh of course i still think georgia is going to be the best team in that division and i think it's going to be that way for a long time 
But if you look at, you know, colleges, I mean, if you look at teams like Kentucky with Will Levis and Hennon Hooker, there's a lot of talk about him in the, uh, in the Smoky Mountains. So it's, it, it's something. Um, but if you look on the West, I don't see how any way how Alabama has, has issues, uh, you know, dominating. So, um, and there's a lot of talk about Texas A&M and all this, you know, how, how good they are recruiting right now and, and how, how many teams can, can sneak up on Alabama, but that, that happens every preseason. But I think this year it's, it's, it's pretty blatant. What's going to, what's going to happen there. Right. But like, okay, I guess we can talk about, um, you know, but just, just in general, what's your SEC championship looking like and who wins that game? I'd say it's going to probably be uh, Alabama and Georgia again. Um, Alabama probably winning. Um, it's probably going to, for some, some reason, I feel like it's going to be like 14 points. But, uh, but yeah, um, it'll be Alabama, Georgia again. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see, you know, anybody from the East um, really ch- not, I wouldn't say challenging Georgia, but, you know, coming up and, stepping into that spot and actually giving them uh, what they really deserve in the East, which I know that there will probably be like two or three teams that will, you know, be in the 10 win range, but I don't think it'll be much of a competition when those such teams play uh, Georgia. Well, you really went on a limb right there. Uh, I think mine, mine is, is pretty basic too. I'm going to go Auburn versus Vanderbilt. (laughs) I'm just kidding, but yeah, I'm gonna go Alabama, Georgia as well. Uh, if you, you know, not talking about the national championship game because we don't have to remember that, but the the SEC championship game, I see a, I see about the same outcome. Um, a, a lot of explosive plays from Bryce and uh, a lot of issues from uh, Georgia's offense. I, I say it's gonna be maybe around a, a 17, 20 point game. Um, I think if I think if Alabama's offensive line comes together and we find, not we, okay, this. We're not biased. <laughs> um, uh, if if Alabama can find, you know, five key guys on that line, we can – Alabama can run through this conference with no problems. I don't care how good Georgia's, you know, defense can be, even though, you know, I've, I'm hearing a lot of, out of uh, Jalen Carter, that defensive lineman. He, uh, he He's one of the best prospects from from that position in a while. And uh, – but we – but Alabama has Will Anderson, so yeah. – um, and that's all that matters. So I see Alabama running through this conference and and beating Georgia pretty soundly. Not because I want them to, but just because I think that's going to happen. Right. Um. So not talking about you know the two powerhouses of what who who is pushing this conference, but there are a lot of teams that are underneath you know that superior level that can maybe jumpstart to you know make a make a push for something. What's that team? and player in your opinion that can that that people need to watch out for so i was you know debating between kentucky tennessee and you know possibly florida but i'm really gonna i'm i feel like i feel strongly about this pick and i think south carolina will be the my watch out team and i think spencer rattler surprisingly i think spencer rattler will be the uh the player to watch out for Uh, he has he has a you know, something to prove, you know, leaving Oklahoma, you know, had to be like, was outed as being like a bad teammate and, you know, everything like that. So I, I actually see him, you know, maybe 
you know, doing something really, really nice for South Carolina. And then, you know, also talking about South Carolina, how Shane Beamer last year went seven and six, you know, going seven and six in your first season is, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, definitely with a roster, what uh, South Carolina had last year, like their quarterback was like a, I mean, like a, a football manager, like, like a graduate manager or whatever, uh, graduate student. So, yeah, to, to see what he did with that roster last year, I really could uh, see him make them making a bit, really big improvement um, because they did they did make some really good uh, nice uh, additions in the uh, in the offseason. Yeah, I mean South Carolina they haven't been competitive since I don't know Connor Shaw, Marcus Lattimore, uh, you know the old ball coach he was throwing around that visor. But I mean you're right, there's a lot of potential going with South Carolina. But you know my team to watch out for is. Uh, which I've talked about this team in past uh, episodes is Arkansas. I really like what Sam Pittman's doing up there. He's really rebranding what it means to be a Arkansas Razorback. And he's finding that foundation of, of you know, those Darren McFadden years, Felix Jones, uh, hand the ball off and, and dominate on the line of scrimmage. And when you have a quarterback as big and as talented as KJ Jefferson, it's pretty easy to do that. And a lot of underrated – well, an underrated aspect of what they do is how good their tight ends and running backs have been the past couple of years and the fact that their defense is uh, – they're always consistent. Um, they don't really get these these five-star guys, but they're always up there and, and they play physical. So, Yeah, really gritty with, uh, with Barry Odom. And I'll go to the – I'll go to this. I think Arkansas is Alabama's biggest competition going into this season in the West, mm-hmm. or at least most proven. Um, I think LSU and A&M could, you know, find something. But if I had to pick who's second in the West right now, I'm going with Arkansas. And, um, you know, for my player to watch out for, I think I'm going to go with Noah Kane, the uh, Penn State transfer who's going to LSU at running back. Uh, he was very highly touted at a, <clears throat> out of high school. And then if you watch him at Penn State, he, he kind of carried that offense at, at a lot of times, even though they had Sean Clifford at quarterback and stuff. But – he was always that emergency situation where, you know, we need to hand him the ball and we need to get back on tempo. And I think LSU needed a guy like that at running back. And I uh, honestly think he's probably their best weapon uh, that they have on offense, even though Kayshawn Boutte is coming back at receiver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's always interesting to get these five stars, you know, to transfer to your school and seeing what kind of impact they can make. Uh, a lot of guys who come from the Big Ten who who come down to the SEC to try to – you know, rank up in, in standings for draft reasons or just to win, they usually fail. But I, I don't think Noah Kane's going to have an issue with that, you know, getting getting comfortable in uh, Baton Rouge. Right. Yeah. But, and, you know, if we, we, we talked about, you know, these teams that we think are going to be, you know, surprising or could could get a couple wins that, that shock us. But what's that team that is getting all that sweet talk, you know, but they're actually overrated? Actually, I came up with the term the uh, honey bum. Yeah, so my team, um, you know, the obvious answer you could go with is, you know, Texas A&M because, you know, it's all the talk about Alabama, Jimbo, Nick Saban, you know, all that. But thinking about it, um, Auburn, you know, Brian Harson and Auburn, they really – they Brian Harson really has something to prove. And there's really – you know, everybody down there probably thinks that they're going to you know, win 10 games and everything like that for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason they think that. Um, but yeah, my team that uh, will probably 
be way below expectations this year is probably going to be Auburn again. Um, I feel like they'll probably go five and seven. Um, just based on the fact that uh, last year they had Bo Nix, um, couldn't really do much with him. And, uh, you know, this year their quarterback play is probably going to be a lot worse than last year. Uh, TJ Finley just got arrested for running away from the police. So I don't know if, you know, he'll be back or whatnot. Yeah. So that, I guess that leaves, uh, you know, Knucklehead from Texas A&M, um, you know, which he's pretty inconsistent, um, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, did enough to, to beat Alabama, uh, sort of. Um, but, yeah, surprisingly, I'm going with Auburn. I, uh, I feel like, you know, they have a lot of hype around them. You know, uh, Brian Harson thinks, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, I tried to, you know, get, get, you know, exiled from this place after just winning six games. And, and now I'm going to like win the whole damn SEC West, you know, in one year. So yeah, I have, have Auburn. Going back to TJ Finley. I don't know why he tried to run from the cops. He literally doesn't have any legs. Yeah. I don't, it's, there's a reason he got caught. Yeah. Um, well, mine's pretty interesting because well, I, yeah, I don't think Auburn's going to be that good, but every Auburn fan that I've talked to, there's an acceptance that, like, okay, we're not going to be worth a shit, which they just do that, I guess, to just, like, so that they can beat their expectations going into a season, make them feel better. But my team is actually the team that you think is going to be pretty good, and mine is South Carolina. I think they're – I think a lot of Gamecock fans and that state – believes that Spencer Rattler is the answer to what they need to be, you know, to beat Georgia, which that's, that's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, you know, reasoning to think that if you have a good quarterback who's explosive and especially a guy who came from Oklahoma, which is, you know, known for making great product out of, out of that position that he can help your program. But I don't think Spencer Rattler from a, uh, leadership perspective and also just making decisions on the field is not he's not that good and I mean I, I think it's going to take a, a couple more recruiting classes for for Shane Beamer to uh, you know to compete in the, the east if he ever does uh, it was impressive what he did in his first year but um, they had a lot of key pieces leave so yeah I don't I don't really believe in South Carolina uh, yeah they might be the third to worst team in the in the East. I think they're better than maybe Missouri and uh and uh Vanderbilt. I don't know if they're better in Florida and Florida's not worth shit either. So that is what we do on the Crimson Crackers podcast. We contradict each other. <laughs> we sure do. Uh all right. So what's your um game of the year? Or I guess a better way to put it, like what game is most important to the outcome of of this conference? Um so you know a couple years ago 2020 to be exact uh florida ended up beating georgia in uh in jacksonville and that really that played a key role in florida making it to the sec and georgia not so this year i feel like it's going to be you know more of the same not that florida can make it to atlanta but that they could put um but they could kick georgia out of uh maybe going to atlanta so i'm gonna so i'm gonna go with uh georgia and florida it's pretty good. Uh, it's always the most important game in the East. But I think the lack of Florida's – I mean, I don't know. Billy Napier's there, and he might – I think they're better off with Napier than they are Mullen. But yeah, um, my, mine is pretty similar. I'm going to go with Georgia versus Tennessee. 
And a lot of Alabama fans are going to be surprised because it's just like, well, what about Alabama A&M? Well, we, me and you had an agreement to where I think A&M is going to lose three games no matter what. No matter if it's one to Alabama or whatever, they just – they implode when they don't when, – when they have to win. And I think Tennessee has the most potential to, you know, to be explosive and to make plays against uh, against Georgia, which you brought to the fact when, when Florida beat Georgia with Kyle Trask and Pitts, yeah. um, they won because of explosive plays and their ability to, you know, run up-tempo and, and to uh, tire out that Georgia defense. And I think – the way that Tennessee plays and the way that Hendon Hooker is looking, I think Tennessee ha- has the best chances of that happening. So, uh, you know, with that game, and I think it's I, I think it's in, in uh, Athens, but still, I think Tennessee, I think I think Tennessee is going to have a, a decent shot at winning that game because of what Georgia's losing and uh, how they're how they're underlooked. So, uh, yeah, Georgia Tennessee. You know, I like that pick. Yeah. Um. Well, that's everything you need to know about the Southeast. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I hope Eli Gold gets better. That segment goes out to him. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, He'll miss this season. All right, so now after we have, have gone through, you know, a pretty relative uh, conference, the one that we know, we're going to move on to one that's, you know, it's pretty close to us. There's some there's some teams that, you know, are 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 near our area and that is the ACC. Uh it's a it's a weird dynamic with this conference. Um just a couple years ago Clemson was was ruling they they were the daddy of that conference and anything that did happen went through them. So how do you how do you see this this conference planning or playing out and you know what what's to come of it? Yeah, so they uh Clemson before last year Clemson had five straight years of winning the ACC uh, championship, and uh, last year ended that. Um, I just think uh, I think for the ACC the uh, the Atlantic will be more of the same as last year. I mean, you know, the teams you saw last year in the Atlantic will, will probably will still be up there, um, but the coastal. Uh, I think the coastal division will be much better than last year because the coastal division was other than I want to say like Pittsburgh um, was really, they were, there weren't, wasn't really many uh, much competition between uh, teams in the coastal. So I think the coastal will be a lot more competitive and a lot more, uh, a better um, on top. Um, but yeah. Um, for, for my prediction, who's going to win the conference? I have I see uh, Clemson winning it. I just somehow I don't know pull it out of their, pull it out of Dabo's ass, I guess. Yeah, I still think I, I still think Clemson's the most talented team in the ACC, and you. I mean, we we know the history of that of how Dabo has has taken over this conference with uh, great recruiting classes and a good foundation. But I think I'm going to defer with you this time. I think NC State is actually going to win uh, because I think they have a lot of great offensive pieces coming back. And I think Devin Leary is the best quarterback in, in uh, the ACC. And if you look at the strong points of, of the Wolfpack, I think that's where Clemson lacks. Uh, if you watched their game last year, DJ Uyongle had maybe one of the worst games I've seen in a while. And they're hoping Cade Klubnick can be that emergency type uh player but I, I don't see much in him and 
they they're injury prone on defense. So give me give me the wolf pack. But like moving on from like who who we think is going to win the conference, we're going to go ahead and go with uh you know the same process of uh what team do you think can stand out and maybe what player you think can make a, a huge impact. So like you uh like you mentioned uh you you have uh, you're predicting M- NC State to win the conference. I think they're they're a serious threat to um to Clemson this year. Um, but you know they're still for me they're still. You know they're going to be good, but they're they're not going to be probably as good. They're still a team for me to uh, to watch out for. Um, and for a player, I'm going to go with uh, Brennan Armstrong out of Virginia. He threw for uh, 45 um, 4500 yards last year, and um, you know everybody believes is starting to believe in him to maybe you know uh, to put on a Heisman uh, a Heisman uh, campaign. But you know I'm. I'm not sure I'll, I'd go that far. I think he'll he'll definitely be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, um, and he'll you know definitely uh, do some good things for Virginia. Um, you know they have a new head coach uh, Tony Elliott, so uh, uh, you know it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I still think uh, Brandon Armstrong will uh, do good um, in that new offense. Yeah, I don't think any I don't think any players ever won an award at Virginia, so it'd be uh, it'd be huge to get their first uh, piece of uh, – That'd be like a national title for them. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to see their first trophy ever. Um, so, I went with NC State to win the ACC. I'm going to go with one of their rivals in state and a team that a lot of people forget about is Wake Forest. Uh, you know, Wake Forest won the, uh, the Atlantic last year. Even though they lost to Clemson, they still had a better record. Um, that, I think they got beat pretty well by Pitt, but – uh, Sam Hartman is a great quarterback. He's been there about nine years, and uh, <laughs> and he's coming back somehow. And that offense is very it's 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 pretty dangerous. Um, I think they can they can score on anybody. And uh, defensively, they're very sound. So Wake Forest is a team to watch out. And my player to watch out for is is a guy that's we know is talented, but we don't know what type of bounce back he can make. And that's Brian Breesy. Uh He was injured last year. Um, I think a season in, a season ending injury, uh, which is pretty common for a D lineman, but he's that type of guy that can, that can make Clemson dominant, uh, kind of like that Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell type guy. Uh, he, he can push around anybody who you put in front of him. Um, he breaks double teams. He, he does backflips, even though he's 350 pounds, uh, he's a freak and, that's that kind. That's that guy that Clemson's going to need if they want, if they want to win the ACC. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, he's a when he's healthy, he's a he looks like a monster. Yeah. So who's um who's your honey bum of the uh, ACC? Uh, mine's going to be Miami. I think the hype is definitely there for Miami. Definitely in this uh this upcoming recruiting class, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're doing really good on the recruiting trail. But I still think this is a this is a work in progress for Miami. Uh, everybody's, you know, um, you know, looking at it like, you know, they're they're going to do some big things in year one. But you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not jumping on the uh, the uh, Mario Cristobal train just yet. Um, this uh, their offense still in is uh, somewhat, you know, inexperienced. Um, yeah, you know, I'm guessing they're going to have uh, Jack Van Dyke coming in and playing quarterback. Um, and that defense, you know. Uh, they're, you know, Miami's defense has been good the past couple of years with Manny Diaz, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see what, uh, 
if it stays, you know, consistent with a with a, the years past or, you know, it drastically changes and does really bad under Mario Cristobal. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I think uh, Miami's going to be a little overrated this season. Yeah, I don't think they're ready to pursue, you know, national, you know, national being a national power. But I think Mario Cristobal definitely fits their uh, their character and, and what they want in a program. Uh, mine is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, in the preseason last year with Sam Howell, there was a lot of a lot of hype of what's what was going to happen, and it was a pretty terrible season for their for their expectations. Um, lost to South Carolina in the Belk Bowl. Uh, watched Shane Beamer dump mayonnaise. You know, watched watch mayonnaise. mayonnaise yeah, watch mayonnaise being dumped on Shane Beamer. Uh, but yeah, they're losing they're losing Sam Howell, and they're losing one of their best running backs they've had in Ty Chandler. Uh, the only thing that I think they can maybe propel in is is defense they have a lot of young guys who are who are uh you know five stars out of high school miles murphy uh d lineman tony grimes cornerback uh, but they have a lot of questions at quarterback and anything that they have on offense is very young so um someone like drake may or connor harrell from thompson is maybe the only answer they can have to uh you know to compete for that division but right now i just don't think north carolina's off uh I don't think North Carolina's offense is on the level it needs to be. And Mac Brown is pretty old. So, but an important point to make is that Gene Shizik is now their defensive coordinator, which means they can't be good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, North Carolina basketball school. Definitely. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your game of the year for the ACC? Uh, my game of the year is Miami versus Clemson. Ooh. I think, um, you know, Clemson going into that game, they'll probably be undefeated. Um, and Miami could, you know, they could they could stun some people. Um, you know, the, yeah, they're my, you know, overrated team for the year in the ACC, but I still think they could, you know, show some flashes and maybe uh, catch Clemson off, off guard. Mine's going to be pretty chalky. I'm going to go Clemson versus NC State. I think they're the two best teams in the ACC. And – there's a revenge factor with Clemson, the fact that they lost in uh, in Raleigh. How do you say it? Raleigh? Raleigh. There's so many different types of people in North Carolina. You don't know what what the hell they want to do. It's like, yeah. are you are you rednecks? Are you are you northern or what what are you trying to be? <laughs> and uh but yeah, uh that game's gonna be in Death Valley. And I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins that game. Actually, I think Clemson's gonna win that game, but I still have NC State winning the uh winning the division, which it's hard to it's hard to say, but I mean Clemson beat Wake for us last year and, and Wake made it to uh made it to the ACC title. So I think I think Clemson's gonna slip up a couple games. But if uh if NC State wants to be a legitimate threat in the playoff to make the playoff, uh they're gonna have to win in Death Valley. So it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I had no idea Gene Chizik uh, returned as defense coordinator for uh, UNC. I thought you were talking about, like, something from, like, 2016. But, yeah. He, he was there, he, wasn't he? Yeah, he was there in 2015 to 2016. I was like, damn, uh, you're talking about something from six years ago. Yeah. But, yeah, he's back. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck? What, am I missing something? Why does he have a job? I don't know. Six years at SEC Network, now he's back into coaching. He's a national champion. Put respect on his effing name. Yeah. Uh, that was the easiest national title a head coach has ever had. Yeah. He could have walked out. He could have walked around that 
Auburn facility with his underwear on and not done anything, and he yeah. would have won a national title. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't think the ACC is going to be that have that big of a presence unless the uh, unless Clemson does something. Which, if you looked at Dab a couple uh, months ago, Dabo had a picture with a uh, you know a pink suit on and a and a pink fedora. If that's any sign for Clemson uh, in 2022, that should be it. So that's the Sammy Sosa look. So uh, we're going <laughs> to now go into a conference that maybe has a little bit of more potential, and it's trying to battle the SEC for being the uh, legitimate, the legitimate power and decision maker of college football, and that is the Big Ten. Really, like the Big Forty. Yeah, now it is, but for now, the Big Ten. Um, it's very, it's very powerful, you know, from the, uh, elite ranks, kind of like the SEC is with Ohio state being number one, of course, and, and Michigan being a club, Michigan being two, I think, um, there's a lot of programs that have questions and, and need to reevaluate what they want to be and how, how they can attack. Uh, so like, what do you think of the, how the big 10 is right now? And, and, you know, does anything surprise you about it? Um, I don't think anything's going to surprise me. I, uh, I, I truly think that Ohio State will, uh, will most likely just steamroll everybody. Me too. And this happens – I think this happens by every preseason where Ohio State loses a couple games and then uh, their, key, their key players come back and it's a revenge season. Happens every year in Columbus. But I think this year it's legitimate. Uh, C.J. Stroud is – you know, he's not – I don't think he's as good as Bryce Young, but he's very close. Uh, Travion Henderson, very underrated running back. Um, very, very good wide receiver room. Yeah, and Michigan last year, we watched that – watched them play Ohio State, and that was uh, – you know, they, they bully-balled. They bully-balled them with Hassan Haskins and that great offensive line. But Michigan's losing a lot of pieces, and I think they're really, they're really the only shot to beat Ohio State. Um but Ohio State is, has so much depth and so much potential. I don't, I don't see anybody getting close to them. Um, yeah, give me Ohio State winning, you know, winning the, uh, winning the conference pretty easily. I think. Might too. Yeah. But there are like sixteen other teams in the conference. So, like, what's one of those teams that you think can, you know, that's worth watching at ten a.m. on a, on a cold November morning? I mean, you know, the way Michigan State played last year, you could probably say them. But you know, they lost. Um, um. Yeah, Michigan State, but they lost um, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, you know, the best running back in the country. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, they're um, not in the position to be going from a running back to a quarterback, and you know, being a pass offense. So, um, I think uh, the team to watch out for is would be Penn State this year. I know their last two years they've been very bad. Uh, twenty twenty, they like won three games, and then. Last year they went uh, like seven and six, so uh, you know they have Sean Clifford back, and um, they also got this five-star quarterback. So you know if Sean Clifford goes down, I think uh, um, the five-star could maybe come in and uh, you know t- uh, take some pressure off of Sean Clifford if he's hurt. Um, yeah, give me uh, give me Penn State. You know they have they have they have Ohio State at home. So that would be a pretty good game. And then uh, my uh, watch out for uh, player to watch out for would be uh, Blake Corum. Um, yeah, they had a, a bit of uh, turnover, um, a bit turnover 
on that roster on that offense um and especially the uh, offense coordinator but they definitely uh did good with josh gaddis um you know running the ball and you know this new offense coordinator he would be you know he'd be pretty uh stupid not to do the same thing you know you know ground and pound let the uh, offensive linemen you know move everybody and uh you know rely on uh, blake quorum to lead the way yeah, they're uh, Michigan. They're still strong up front. Have have great running backs. Uh, same quarterbacks too. So I mean, Michigan. I think Michigan's still gonna have the same. I think they're still gonna have the same system, but I don't know if it's gonna be as as strong as it was last year. Uh, anyways, my team to watch out for is is it's gonna be pretty. Uh, it's gonna be pretty basic, and I think everybody does this every year, but it's Nebraska. Um, they were the most dominant last year. They, they were the most dominant three and nine team to ever exist. I don't think they lost the game by more than like three points all yeah. year. Uh, Casey Thompson's coming in from Texas at quarterback, which he's a little bit more consistent than, uh, Adrian Martinez, uh, was, which he's, he's now at Kansas state. Um, the conference kind of traded those quarterbacks, which is weird. Um, but yeah, Nebraska, they, I think Scott Frost, you know, he's on the hot seat and if he wants to keep his job, he's going to have to. He's gonna have to at least make a bowl game this year, and uh, you know they 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 get they've gotten a lot of great transfers, and um, the I think it's called the legend the legend division. It's weird how they do it. Yeah, it's really weird. But the Big Ten West, I'll just call it that. It's really lacking um, since Wisconsin has kind of you know dropped their you know dropped their arm off the throat. You know they they released a little bit and gave these other teams an opportunity to win. Um, I think Nebraska, I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska won that division, which is pretty stupid to say, but yeah. Um, and since you went with running back at, uh, at, at your player to watch for, I'm going to go with my defensive player, which is Riley Moss, cornerback from Iowa. Um, if you look at him up front, he's kind of white. He's white. He's not physically stout or anything, but he's one of the most extinct, instinctive players there is in college football. And I think he's, I think he is the best cornerback in, and uh, you know, in, in all the nation. So um watching him and you know, maybe leading that Iowa defense to making a couple plays can lead to some upsets against a team like Ohio State or Michigan if they got to the point where they were playing in Indy. And I think Riley Moss is that kind of player that can make that type of impact. Yeah. Um, so who's your honey bum? Um, I hate to say this, but um, with all the hype surrounding Leah, I'm going to think – I think it's going to be Maryland. Yeah. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to start the season pretty good. You know, you got Buffalo, Charlotte, um, tough little SMU game. And then they go straight into it with uh, Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue. Um, yeah, I don't – I don't – I'm not sure they'll – they'll, uh, they'll they might not even – I think they'll probably win one out of those three games. But, uh, yeah – Maryland, you know, they have the pieces. They have uh, Talia at quarterback. They have uh, – uh, what's his name? At, uh, wide receiver, five-star. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, he was committed to LSU and then flipped. Joaquin Jarrett, yeah, he and he's been doing good, apparently. Um, he got hurt last year. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, they have the pieces on offense, but, you know, and they have a, you know, I think they got a, a couple transfers, uh, really good transfers on defense. Um, but you know, you know, it's it's Mike Loxley, and um, you know, it could it could you know, he could do what he does best and just give up at the last minute. So, 
I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Maryland as my uh, overrated team. I've I've watched a couple of Maryland games over the past seasons, and I'm pretty sure they they think it's flag football. I don't think they play defense there. Um, I did watch the pinstripe bowl, and Talia went off in that game. So if that's any sign, I think Maryland could do something. But you're right. I just they they lack the physicality every single year, and it's all speed and and flash. There's no there's no Big Ten like power with Maryland. Yeah, they're the only. I think feel like they're like the only team that tries to embrace finesse in a conference that you need, you know, the utmost uh, physicality. My team that I think is going to lack expectations actually won a New Year's Six Bowl last year, if you want to call it that, uh, Michigan State. And I think it's because Kenneth Walker is leaving. And if you watched him against uh, Michigan, he made a lot of he, – he, he led that team to, to that win, you know, in the snow. It, it was a fantastic game. But uh, I don't think Peyton Thorne is that good of a quarterback. He's overrated. And Jalen Reed is a good receiver. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough for Michigan State to – to rise up to the expectations that they set for themselves. They were really good last year, but if you watch that game against Ohio State, they just got trampled on. It was like 38 to nothing by halftime. Uh, and I, I like what uh, I like what Mel Tucker's doing up there, but I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be pretty this year for them. Yeah. Um, so, for the game of the year, I think it's pretty basic what that game's going to be, for me at least. So, what's yours? Um, I think it's going to be um, Ohio State and Penn State. Um, usually every time it's it's in Happy Valley, uh, Ohio State's in Happy Valley, it really tends to be a good game. So I really don't think this year is going to be any different. Okay. Yeah, something happens every year at, in Happy Valley in that night game. It doesn't matter if Penn State's one and seven. They're, something's going to happen. Um, okay, mine is it's, it's chalk as well, uh, Ohio State versus Michigan. Um, I think it's – I think Ohio State is going to be 11-0 and by the time that game comes around. And I think Michigan's going to have an opportunity to to beat them and jump into the Big Ten title. And that's the kind of situation that's been happening over the past couple of years for the game, as they call it. Uh, but, you know, Michigan, they – I mean, Ohio State, they in – their, in their workout room, they've been, they've been holding the clock down, you know, for that kickoff, for that game especially. And it's uh, – it's always exciting to watch and they're, they're the two most talented teams in the big 10. And I think, I think that conference basically comes down to everyone's that. So whoever wins that goes to the playoff, which is going to be Ohio state because they are <laughs> way much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jim, Jim Harbaugh's those, you know, talks with the NFL teams. He's, he's really going to be like really, you know, down this year. Because he was looking for a way to get out. Get Michigan tried. Michigan tried so hard to to be competitive, like in in the playoff. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know if Michigan's ever gonna be closer than what they were. Even though they got, even though they got raped by Georgia. Yeah, and they had like the two, like you know, they had uh, they had Hutchinson on one side, and then uh. What's his name? Ajabe? Yeah, David Ajabo. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like <laughs> the greatest pairing Michigan probably will ever have ever again. Yeah. And those two guys were like last year they were just like, I'm not letting us like choke. Yeah, they both had like like oh my gosh, it was like four sacks. 
I'm so tired of going eight and four every year. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Ohio State's going to dominate Big Ten. I don't think that's that hard to say. Uh, I, one thing I want to talk about is Braylon Allen at, at Wisconsin. I don't think he's going to be as good as Jonathan Taylor was at running back, but uh, Wisconsin has that piece, and they always play consistent on defense. So Wisconsin's that other team. I think that can do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hear that, Big Cat? Like that big cat? <laughs> okay. Uh, You're giving me hope. Okay, so now we're moving away from the most annoying conference. Now we're going to a uh, uh, a conference that is nuts right now, which is the, <laughs> the Big 12. Guns up, baby. Hell yeah. Burp, 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 burp. Home, of, home of racist assistance. Caleb. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, we – me and you, I mean, we, we've both lived through the Big 12, seeing it as Oklahoma's going to win. Okay, somehow, I don't care. I don't care if another team's better than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to find a way to do that. But now the, the narrative is changing in this conference. It's becoming more defensive, uh, defensively oriented. And Oklahoma has a bunch of questions. So what does that lead up to you, you know, looking at this conference? Um. Yeah, so I think um, I think the Big Twelve will be more of the same as twenty twenty one. I think Texas will be slightly better. Um, Oklahoma State could probably. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Um, I be, I think Baylor will be you know right back up there. Um, they're honestly my uh, I, they're my uh, Big Twelve uh, winner um, uh, this this year. So uh, yeah, what um. What uh, what they're doing down there, man? I think uh, you know it's they they have the Big Twelve in their in their hands, and um, I don't see them really, you know, letting up to say Oklahoma or Texas this year, or or Oklahoma State if they you know, you know, do what uh, do what they did last year, which I don't I don't really think Oklahoma State will do what they did last year. They're not very Oklahoma State is not as consistent. They like to, they like to go like nine and four, and then they like to go like eleven and two, and then it's just like they fluctuate two wins each year. They lose two two more games, they win two more games. It's so weird. Yeah, uh, I think Baylor. I like what you said about Baylor. Um, they're the most consistent program, one of the most consistent programs in the country right now. Uh, the way that they finished last year, beating. I think they made one like seven games in a row. It was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, and it was a tough conference to win last year. Oklahoma State was good. Oklahoma, you know, made a strong presence. Um, but my pick to win this conference is Oklahoma State. And it's because <laughs> – Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Spencer Sanders, and that offense impressed me, especially in that uh, comeback win against Notre Dame in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. A lot of those pieces are coming back, and on defense, um, the secondary is going to be solid, and their defensive line was intimidating last year, and, and basically that whole line is back. Uh, I think they're stronger than Oklahoma, and I think they're a little bit more flashy than Baylor. So I think Oklahoma State's going to – you know, I think they've been reminiscing on that on that one yard, you know, when they were one yard short of winning. Right. I think, I think that's going to – uh, mean a lot towards their effort to win. So uh, Mike Gundy finally wins something 
but yeah, it's um again, it's it's a weird conference. You got those three teams, but there's a lot of teams with a bunch of questions. And you know, what's your team? What's your team that could shock shock us? Uh, my team to watch out for is uh, it's going to be uh, Oklahoma. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley leaves for USC, and uh, you know they hire um, they hire uh, Brent Venables um, to come in, and you know everybody was like, I don't know about this hire. You know, I guess we'll have to see. And then you know, um, Caleb Williams leaves. They bring in Dylan Gabriel. They yeah. uh, Another a couple more pieces leave Oklahoma, but you know those pieces weren't really um, like really key pieces. Uh, Mario Williams left, but uh, they still got you know some good wide receivers there. Um, yeah, I think uh, Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma for uh, a team to watch out for. I, I could honestly see them winning maybe eight to nine games. Yeah. Uh, really wouldn't be surprised if they win ten, um, but I think the floor is like eight games, eight nine games. And then my uh, player to watch out for is Deuce Vaughn from uh, Kansas State. Yeah. He uh, he played amazing in the uh, in the game in the bowl game against LSU. He just ran all over them. Granted, that LSU team was like coached by like the <laughs> D line or O line coach. I don't even remember that. That was weird. Um, and he was Mark, like, it was a uh, Booger McFarlane. I swear, like. <laughs> Like, uh, that dude, like, did not care what was going on. He had a wide receiver playing quarterback, but they still had their defense intact. So, I mean, they could, they still can stop Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn's like 5'8, and he's, he's just like a little, he's just a little rabbit that's just running everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, give me OU and Deuce Vaughn, team, okay. team and player to watch out for. I like what you said about Deuce Vaughn, and that's the reason why they're my team to watch out for. Kansas State, they always upset people. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is a hell of a running back, maybe a top five, maybe top three running back in, in the country, really. He, he's that good. Uh, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, um, explosive, just needs to learn how to, you know, take care of the ball. And I, I like Kansas State. They, they have a foundation. Um, they play physical. They're always competing in those conference games. And uh, they, they can wreck anybody's season. So, yeah. Um, and the player to watch out for for me is Blake Shapin, quarterback for Baylor. If if Baylor wants to, they're kind of in the same situation with NC State was. If they want to compete for a spot in the playoff, Blake Shapin's going to have to be a playmaker. He can't just be a manager, kind of like how Charlie Brewer was in, and uh, Bohannon. They, they need an explosive offense if they want to be a, a title contender. And it you know, de you know Baylor's defense is going to be there, but if – the, the only way I see Baylor, you know, being a competitor is with Blake Shapen being a hell of a quarterback. So, yeah, definitely considering that the, you know, the big twin or big 12 mm -hmm. is having like a defensive, you know, revival renaissance. Uh, at one, they were for like a good, you know, seven years, they were like known for not having any defense. And now they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, one of the best conferences defensively now. Yeah. Thanks to last year. Yeah, but what team do you think is going to, like, lack in, um, in expectations? Mine's, mine took me, like, two seconds to answer. I'm going to go with Texas. Me too. Yeah, I just think, I mean, I feel like Quinn Ewers is going to – he's going to be better than, I guess, um, who was it, Casey uh, – what's his name last year? Uh, Casey Thompson. Casey he's at, Thompson. He's at Nebraska now. Yeah, he's at Nebraska now. I think he'll, he'll be better than Casey Thompson. 
but I don't think he'll be as good as people are put, you know, making him out to be. People are making him out to be like he's gonna win his high the Heisman like right off the bat. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I think they 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 have some good pieces. Um, you know, they have Keelan Robinson. He's not gonna he's back up uh to uh B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have uh you know you got uh what's face at tight end um oh, and wide receiver we got you know all these alabama rejects um a jai hall and uh and uh player who will not be named but all those guys that you said those alabama transfers i knew they were going to have issues within the program and guess what you you see these insider reports and it's the same shit yeah so everything that you said and <laughs> Texas cannot play defense. They're soft. They soft. they make good barbecue down there, and that's and they lose. Make good cowboy boots in Austin, but that's about it. And they're all liberals. <laughs> the so only like, problem is in Texas. What's your big uh, What's your big game? Uh, I think it's going to be Oklahoma against Texas. I just think. Yeah. Um, there's going to be so much hype around that game. And I just somehow see um, it being like a, uh, not, I want to, I don't want to say like a shootout from last year, but it will be, it will be something of the same magnitude. It was such an entertaining game last year. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't think the only reason it's not that is because I don't think Texas is going to be valid. Texas choked so hard last year in that game. Oh, my God. And they played so well in the first half. Uh, mine's Oklahoma versus Baylor. Uh, the, that game, whoever wins that, whoever wins that game is in the is in the chair to win the con- – like, not in the chair to win the conference, but if if either one of those teams want an opportunity to, to be in the playoff, they got to win that game. And it's going to be pretty balanced, I think. The only reason – I, well, I have Baylor winning that game. The only reason is because I think Oklahoma does not – they're not going to know how to control their talent. I don't think they have a foundation yet what they are. Uh, and it's hard going into a program, you know, what Venables is doing. Uh, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't know how to build a foundation and build the trust with these guys, I don't know – I don't know how they can succeed. Yeah. Uh, but hell, if Oklahoma is capable of beating Baylor, which I definitely think they are, then Oklahoma is all of a sudden a, a playoff team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that with Oklahoma and Baylor, it's such a conflicting like battle every year that I think Oklahoma can sit back and win their games. And then they're always in a situation to win the Big Ten or win the Big 12. And that's why I think Oklahoma State is going to uh, going to win. A, uh, a, another choice. another conference that does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, whoever wins, whoever wins the Big Twelve, I can just guarantee you they're going to have two losses. Now this one, now this conference, they're going to be irrelevant after week two, probably. So the Pac twelve, in my opinion, it, it's not going to be really that much of a difference to me. Um, the way I see it is that there is one really good team, and the rest of the conference is soft as pudding. What do, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think it'll be the uh, same as 2021, but USC will be like slightly improved. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Utah, Utah 
will uh will you know keep the throne like mm-hmm. it has last year. I think they'll win the oh, I think they'll win the Pac twelve again. Yeah, I'm going with Utah. Uh Cam Rising is back. That defense was just nasty. I don't care who they have on defense. They're always going to be the best defense in the Pac-12. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, he's one of the most underrated coaches in college football. And a lot of people don't know that he has a winning record against Nick Saban. But there's something, there's not a lot of guys that do. Yeah, Utah is just one of those teams that they do so much with very little. Um, yeah. Like you said, that defense is just out of this world. So, yeah, I think that it will it should continue in 2022. Yeah, and with USC, um, like again, it's a lot of flash, a lot of speed, a lot of, lot of talent on paper. But one thing a lot of people aren't talking about is how much focus they have on the on NIL. Yeah, their 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 players' intentions and the way that they're using NIL, I feel like, is a huge distraction to what they're doing. And in a in a market like LA, that's pretty easy to do. And I don't know. It's just like the fact that they they were selling merchandise, like player merchandise, at spring game and stuff. It just felt like it wasn't a a program. It doesn't feel like a program that's unified to win. It just feels like it's a it's a money pit right now. Yeah. Uh, and Lincoln Riley his first year um, playing in Pac twelve. I'll say this: like in the Pac twelve, you are playing against worse competition, but it is it is pretty hard to win in the Pac-12 on a consistent basis. Like, mm-hmm. the, the winners of the Pac-12 are the teams that dominate. They don't dominate for a long time, you know, since Oregon. I mean, Washington had that little run with Jake Browning and, uh, you know, Peterson. But since then, it's just – it's a coin toss. And right now, I think I think Utah is the only team that's, uh, you know, proven that, you know, they're legit. But – like that leaves a huge question to the rest of the conference. And again, what's that team to you that can um, make a jump forward? Um, out of the two teams, um, the most hyped teams probably this season, it's USC and Oregon, but I think Oregon will be better than USC. And I think they just have, they have more pieces they can work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not that USC has all the pieces, but I just think Lincoln Riley is just soft as shit. Um, I just think Oregon, um, everything around them is just more set up and everything. And, you know, having, uh, you know, you have, you have a national championship winning uh, quarterback head coach, um, and you're bringing defense to the PAC 12. Um, so I really think that's, that's, that's a, that's, that's a good direction for Oregon. And, uh, yeah, I think Oregon's going to be the team to watch out for. They won't be, you know, like crazy good, but I think they'll, they'll, uh, they'll be better than USC. Uh, and I think uh, the player to watch out for is, uh, get this, Bo Nix. Yeah. Bo Nix wins the starting job, which he should. I think he'll, yeah. I think he'll thrive in that, uh, that Oregon system. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, at uh, Auburn, you know, you had Gus Malzahn system and Brian Harson system. But, I mean, I just think it was – he didn't – I don't think he had really the pieces around him. I mean, yeah, he had Tanks Bigsby. But his wide receivers were, you know, you know, they just weren't top tier. And not to say that Oregon has top tier receivers. I just think um, they they just have they have different they have more finesse than say Auburn's receivers. Auburn's receivers were, you know, they weren't even. I don't even think they even really knew how to get open. Not to mention that 
their Auburn's wide receiver coach like got fired before the you know the, the season even started. So I think um, I think Bo Nix um, will su- will surprise some people, and he uh, he'll be the player to watch out for in the the Pac-12. Okay, yeah, I like Oregon. Um, Bo Nix, I think that Bo Nix, the the fact that he's coming from the SEC to here is it's going to be a little bit easier for him to make some plays. Um, but my team to watch out for is the team that, you know, if, if you go a little bit north on Interstate 5 from Eugene uh, up in Corvallis, I think the uh, not because I like Oregon State, but I think Oregon State can make some – can, uh, you know, can make some excitement happen in, uh, in 2022. Jake Lutton is a underrated quarterback. Uh, Jonathan Smith is a hell of a coach. That reminds – Jonathan Smith – anytime I say that, it just reminds me of, of John from – <laughs> John Jonathan from school um yeah Corvallis is it's research stadium it's a dangerous place to um you know come in ranked especially at those night games uh I think they went seven and five last year which is maybe yep. the best record and uh and or seven and six maybe they lost to Utah State which was a good team they lost to Jimmy Kimmel Bowl uh yeah Oregon State I, I like Oregon State I think they can I think they can beat Oregon in the Civil War I don't know yeah, I wanted to pick Oregon State, but I didn't know if Jake Letton was coming back or not. But now that you said he is coming back, that uh, makes me feel bad for picking Oregon. <laughs> um, now, the the player that I'm watching out for is somebody that, you know, nobody's really going to be talking about. I don't, I don't even know if you, if you know about him. Um, his name's Cameron Ward. He is a quarterback from Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. He's at Washington State now. And um, he was playing at the FCS level, and he he dominated. He dominated Incarnate Word, and he's at Wazoo now, Washington State. Uh, if people don't, if people aren't cultured, it's Washington State. Um, they they went seven and six last year, which, again, since Mike Leach has left, they've been a dumpster fire. Um, you know that new coach they got. He uh, let me see what's his name with head coach uh, Jake Dickert, which is a was it one of the dumbest names I've heard. Um, you know he's 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 a new guy. But I think with that quarterback Cam Ward, they could uh they have they kind of have that same mentality that Oregon State has where you don't want to go in Pullman and uh, not be ready because anything can happen. So uh, Cameron Ward, he I think he's one of the best quarterbacks now in um in that conference. Um, let's see. So what is your team that that's gonna maybe lack expectations? I think it's gonna be USC. Um, I think I think they'll do. I think they'll go probably eight and three when everybody will expect them to go like 12 and 0 and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, they probably got the pieces on offense, but defensively, uh, you know, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley isn't really known for, you know, having good defensives. And I mean, yeah, they have, a, um, they, he brought, he brought Grinch in, but, uh, you know, Grinch, he, he, uh, you know, he he took like four years to get like a a top thirty defense. Yeah. Um, so I I really don't know. I don't see that really coming in the first year. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think USC will be a, 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 a an overrated team this year. Mine is going to be their crosstown rival UCLA. Uh, every year they have enough talent to beat to beat anybody on their schedule. Yet they still suck. Um, I don't know why Chip Kelly is still there. At this point, uh, if he hasn't won at this point, I don't think he ever will. Um, Dor- DTR, he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks there is in uh, in college football. 
he's very athletic, very talented, but when it comes to winning on a weekly basis, he's, he's not that guy. Um, UCLA is just not set up for to succeed. The, the personnel that they have, it never works out. And again, it's another year where they have high expectations. And I think when you compare them to USC, I think USC is, is a little bit better than them. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think UCLA is just going to lack, they're going to lack that, uh, lack that fire like they always do. Yeah, because UCLA, come on. Yeah, what's what's your game of the year? I think my game of the year is going to be Utah versus Oregon. That defense on defense, it'll be uh, it'll be something to watch. Yeah, See I mean, Cam, Cam Reisner does the Oregon's defense. Yeah, they played twice last year, and Utah like beat the shit out of them twice. Mm-hmm. Especially that that Pac-12 game was disgusting. Oh, um, yeah. Mine is Utah versus USC, and again, USC is at that point where they have the personnel, they have the they have the guys to make something, but is their character and is there, is their personality there to be able to to beat a team like Utah, which is something that I don't I don't think they do. But again, if Utah if USC is able to win that game, I think they have a easy ride to the to the Pac-12 and maybe a chance to get in the in the playoff, which sounds stupid, but I think USC might be the best might be the best you know they have the best opportunity to beat Utah, but I still have Utah winning that game. Um, and people like watching USC. I don't care how late it is. I'll, I'll stay up to watch USC no matter how bad they are. Yeah. Um, so that is the entire power five, even though it's really just a power one <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we hope you all enjoyed that, but we still have a little bit to go. Guess what? Surprise, bitch. Still going. Um, so we're gonna go into a little bit of miscellaneous, you know, maybe a couple group of five teams that we want to watch out for and and uh maybe make a couple playoff predictions and um have a little bonus prediction for y'all too. Yeah. But do you have any teams though that you might that you feel like you want to watch? Uh out of all the teams? Just any group of five team. Oh, um, probably um, I'd like to see how Cincinnati uh, does with, with everybody that left. I mean, they had like, you know, they had so much talent that left that team. And I want to see – I would like to see how they rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see how Louisiana Lafayette um, uh, plays after um, – Napier. After, after Billy Napier left. That would be, be interesting to see. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he – they were ranked every year. He was there. Um, let me see. Surprisingly, not. Uh, I'd like to see how uh, UCF fares with uh, was this, this would be year two with uh, Gus Malzahn. Yeah. So uh, yeah, those uh those three teams. I'd, I'd like to see how they play. Yeah, I got, I got three teams. Um, well, I don't think Cincinnati's going to be as good. I think I I still think they can win the American, but I don't think they're worth you know keeping an eye on. Uh. The first team is going to be Charlotte because I'm, I'm excited to see what Shadrick does. You know, Shadrick Bird, he's going to be, I think, their top running back. And uh, he finally gets that opportunity to shine as the uh, as a key guy. And he, he's that talented, and I think he's he's going to do something. Uh, and then Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall is somehow still there. Oh, my uh, gosh. Are you serious? Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty fun to watch. Cool-looking field. Uh, I've never seen a, an, a teal-looking field. Like, why don't you just have grass? And uh, UAB, 
Um, you know, Bill Clark retired out of nowhere. Yeah, that was very weird. It'll... And um, but they still they're still talented, and I'd like to see what they can do in that in the Conference USA. And James Madison, they're they're coming up in the FBS, so and they they they've been beating the crap out of everybody. Them in North Dakota State, it's like the title game every year. So I don't know. Um, so you know, looking at the bigger picture, you know, in December, what do you think the playoff holds, and what are your top four teams in order? Um, I think it it could be you know, it could come down to some close stuff, you know, some close games, some conference games. Um, but uh, all in all, I think uh, I think it'll look a little similar. Uh, my my playoff is uh, number four. I have Georgia. Um, even if you know Alabama and Georgia play and Alabama wins, I still think Georgia having being going into Atlanta undefeated and and then losing yeah. uh, to Alabama in the, in the SEC championship, I still think they could they could get in. Uh, my number three is Clemson. Um, I don't. I just I somehow see them making it in just because you know they like to pull. You know, it's Dabo. He likes to you know do some you know pull off some crap like Auburn. Back in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, number two, I have Ohio State. I really don't see uh, how they wouldn't make it into the playoff this year with all the, the 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 mass amount of talent they're returning, and you know looking for revenge of how their season ended uh, uh, against Michigan. Yeah. Um, and then number one, Alabama. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> All right, my number four is uh, Utah. I think Utah at least goes eleven and one, and I think I think there's going to be a good and a pretty big implosion when it comes to the ACC and the Big Twelve, and I think that's going to leave a, a pretty decent gap for Utah to do something. So Utah comes in at the fourth spot. Number three, I got Georgia. I think they go twelve and zero in the regular season, lose to Bama in the SEC title, and uh, gets in that same spot. Even though I don't want them to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and number two is Ohio State. I think the same reasons is because they're going to be very good compared to their talent. Uh, watch out for that first game against Notre Dame. Um, I like their coach, and it's a tough environment to play in. So, uh, but still, I think Ohio State runs through their uh, runs through their schedule, and then um, runs through their Catholic ass. Yeah, and I guess I'll go with Alabama. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would really like to see Utah uh, make it in, and that'd be awesome. Now I I, I want to predict something just to see if we're if we're capable of doing this. If we do this, it's like winning the lottery. What is your prediction for the Birmingham Bowl? Um. So you know it's the you know American Conference basically uh, the alternates of Conference USA and it's usually like AAC against you know the uh, the SEC. So I'm really gonna go with uh, I think UCF. Um, It'll be UCF against. I was really debating this. It's kind of like a fill-in, either Mizzou or Mississippi State, and I have UCF versus Mississippi State. Mm. God, on a on a rainy, cloudy day in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is South Carolina versus Louisiana Tech. I think Louisiana Tech. Well, yeah, Louisiana Tech. They always play in the uh, in the Shreveport Bowl or the uh, or the um this one so in south carolina they're built for the for the uh for birmingham so 
gonna be pretty damn impressive if we get that. It's pretty hard to get the the like Louisiana teams to not play in like the the carrier, you know, or not the carrier. What am I talking about? The no, R and L Carriers Bowl. Yeah, the Carrier Dome. That's a uh, that's Syracuse, but um, guess what, everybody? You think we're done, huh? But we're not. Surprise! Another top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Okay, so I know that, that was a special. That was a. This has been a special episode. You know, a little bit different from before. But again, we love doing this. And the uh, the topic for this top five this week is our top five football plays. Good, good, good. I guess a better way to put it is it can be a a a, a an actual football play, a style of a play, or an outcome of a play. So you name your five, and I'll name my five. All right. So my number five is a sack on a third and short. Like it's like third and two, and they decide to throw the ball, and you, the defense gets a sack. That's like super satisfying to me. It's because they deserve it, really, for not running the ball. That's true. It's, that's like every Mississippi State game ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine's number five, which Alabama used to do this all the time, but they quit because they're little pussies. Um, a flea flicker. Nobody was a better flea flicker than uh, than AJ McCarron. It was it was so sexy watching him throw them things to Kenny Bell and DeAndre White, and uh, it always worked. It, I don't know when it never. I don't know when it never does work. It's like you need to pull it out at least once a game. Yeah. So, flea flicker. My number four is a blocked punt. Um, oh. <laughs> there's nothing better than a blocked punt. Especially, you know, to just to swing the momentum, a blocked punt, it's it's you know it's up there. Yeah, it's definitely just... definitely when the uh the punting team is on like the five yard line and it's like a automatic safety. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is a real stat, but I bet Alabama has more blocked punts over the last ten years than all the other teams combined. I'd bet some money on that. Um, number four is a recovered onside kick. Okay, Alabama. Alabama's never in a situation where we have to do this. But if y'all watch the uh, the Thompson versus Auburn state title game when they recovered that crap, it was like, oh my god, like what the hell? When it has when it takes that one kick and like the kid doesn't catch it, yeah, it's like you suck. You're the reason we lost. They lost. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Or like uh, when the Falcons when that Falcons guy just watched the ball. Oh my god! Because the Cowboys, it always sets up for the most dumb outcome of a game. Yeah. Uh, for my number three is a strip sack. Get getting a strip sack while you're down by just a touchdown. Oh, oh my god! Late in the game, and you get a strip sack, and it's like, oh my gosh, we have we're gonna win. It's just like that's just like flowing through your blood. It's like we're we're we have all the momentum. No, no one's stopping us. Yeah. Oh my god. Mine is a goal line stand uh, from, like, the one-inch line. Uh, so, I was at the 2016 SEC title when we played Florida. We were already up 40 points. And uh, it was the fourth quarter, and it was third and goal. Um, Florida tried to go over the top, and Rashawn Evans just completely hammered the fucking guy on, like <laughs> – he didn't get anywhere, and it was – I've never gone as crazy as I did for that play. It was like – at that point, it wasn't football. It was just like, damn, you just got manhandled. Yeah. 
And uh, like, especially when it's like first and goal from the one and they just don't get in. Yeah. Oh, my God. And funny enough, my number two is a goal line stand on fourth down. Yeah. It's just like what you said. It's like, uh, you know, I love I love it when they're at like maybe the two or one yard line and it's like first down and they keep trying to run the ball. Uh-huh. And your defense just holds every single every single down. And then they go for it on fourth down and it's just it, you know, it all just comes together and it's just like wow. Just it's so embarrassing to be on offense and that happens. And it's crazy because if a it never happens because if an offense is capable of getting to the one yard yard line, then why was the defense strong enough to stop them for four yeah. downs? Um my number two, it's pretty rare. Uh, the Chiefs run a pretty good bit, a, a fullback screen. <laughs> the fact that it's just a bunch of – when a bunch of big men go out to block for a, a fullback who's not that not that athletic, defenses never see it coming, and it's just – it's it's so pretty when it's just wide open field mm-hmm. for a fullback. Uh, my number one is a 100-yard pick six. <laughs> like, it, it rarely, rarely ever happens – Happens a lot it, of Alabama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to be like really uh you have you have to be a bad quarterback to really throw the throw a bad ball in the uh um you know in the end zone. I mean like to throw it into coverage is like a the worst mistake possible. Yeah. Um and you really have to have nothing going for your offense to just throw a ball up into coverage. Um and it, it has happened to Alabama numerous times, probably twice. Yeah. My number one is a third down sack. I don't care what point what point in time it comes in the game. When uh you used to see Scott Cochran on the screen and uh I don't know, you just see like Tim Williams or Ryan Anderson come across the edge and sack like sack whoever. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is Alabama football. <laughs> like third down sacks is like okay we we're a winning program we make stops when we have to and that's it's just um, it it happens pretty often and third down sacks hard to beat uh an honorable mention for me is um a a opening kickoff spear oh my gosh yeah (laughs) ruben foster tackle yeah tony brown you remember that one oh yeah that was a good one the kneel (laughs) the kneel yeah Man, that felt like a long ass episode, man. I'm I'm tired of talking about college football. I just want to watch it. Yeah, me and too. I want, to, I want to lose money on it too. Betting uh betting Purdue to beat Bowling Green or something. <laughs> betting betting the un, betting the under on Purdue. Betting the under on every uh Big Ten game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh well next week. Well, anyways, I I hope y'all enjoy this episode, but next week we're gonna start a uh we're gonna make an nfl preview um i feel like it's gonna time well with the schedule of football um anyways i hope you all enjoyed this episode and this week's hit is how long by ace